Hey guys, I'm Alex Philbrick, and this is Phil in the Gap. We're part of Vendetta Sports Podcast Network. We have a familiar guest for today's show. Will Philbrick is here to finish our mock draft that we started a little while ago. We did picks 1 through 16. Today we're going to do picks 17 through 32, which will finish up our first round mock draft. Uh, we're planning on going through the picks a little quicker this time. Uh, it'll allow us some time at the end to talk about the Rams' big offseason moves, some Odell Beckham Jr. news, and, and much more across the NFL. Uh, don't forget, you, you can subscribe to Fill in the Gap on iTunes. Just type it in the search bar, click subscribe, and you'll be able to catch every episode. You can also find us on VendettaSportsMedia.com, along with all the other great things going on at Vendetta. This is an exciting week for Fill in the Gap. In addition to a great episode we have today, we are having Edward Ashoff on the show Wednesday. Edward covers college football for ESPN, and he does a great job. Uh, it will be a great show, and again, that will be going out on Wednesday, so make sure you check that out. All right, now let's uh, let's go ahead and get to our picks 17 through 32 with Will Philbrick. Hope you guys enjoy. So after Will and I did the episode with picks 1 through 16, we realized something right away, like later that night when we listened back. We used the word stud way too much. It was it was literally laughable. Like, I actually laughed at us how much we each used the word stud in describing players that we chose for our mock draft. So today, I promise, I'm promising everyone listening and I'm promising to you, Will, I'm promising not to use the word stud one single time today. I need, will you hold me accountable for that? I'll try to. Okay, thank you. I mean, it was like, it It, it was as if that was the only word we knew. It, it, was, it was hilarious. <laughs> um, but, so, I'll, just a reminder, uh, for our mock draft, we're, we're going based off what we would do in this situation. Uh, Will has the odd number picks, I have the even number picks. We won't review what we did, picks 1 through 16, just for time's sake. You can go back and check out that episode uh, to, to find out what we did for the first half of the mock draft. So today, again, we're, we're focusing on the second half of that first round. And um, let's just go right ahead and get into it. Number 17 pick is the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And that is – oh, sorry. No, it's the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, and, so you, you scared me for a minute. I thought I had my, my uh, list wrong. No, no. Six, six, uh, the Chargers were the last pick of the – they were 16th pick, so that we ended on them last time. The Chargers are the 17th pick. The yep. Ravens are the 16th pick. I, I'm getting I'm getting myself confused now. You need yeah. It's your just pick. Relax. It's your pick. It so is. just go ahead let and me, do let, it. Let me yeah. Let me just take this one. So number 17, the Los Angeles Chargers take Uchenna Nwosu, linebacker from USC. The uh, Chargers are really lacking on defense. They have a really good off or uh, excuse me defensive line with uh, Bosa and Ingram, but they really need to. Uh, shore up that inside linebacker position, and I think Ochino Nwosu is a really versatile... Um, I almost said stud again. It's so hard. Yeah. He's, he's very versatile, and he's and he's just a, a great athlete, and I think he can really help the Los Angeles Chargers defense. Yeah, they definitely need some help on their... Um along their run defense it was one of their their pass rush like you said is good but their their run defense struggled at times last year uh so number 18 is seattle seahawks and i am selecting uh maurice hurst for them defensive tackle from michigan mo hurst is one of my favorite players in the draft i I feel like he's a guy that he can be a star right away he was the best defensive lineman in college football last year i thought seattle you know they traded away michael bennett they got rid of richard sherman i know he's a defensive back but they just need some youth 
some talented young guys on that defense to try to build it back up, and I think Hurst would be – he fits that mold perfectly to me. He's one of my favorite players in the draft, honestly. So, uh, so I have Mo Hurst going to the Seahawks number 18. Who do you have for Dallas? I'm interested to hear this one. All right, so Dallas at pick number 19 takes Cortland Sutton, a wide receiver from uh, Southern Methodist. Um, Cortland Sutton is 6'4", and the Cowboys are in desperate need of just a tall downfield receiver. Uh, Des Bryant's getting older, and he's starting to – the past few seasons, he's just been lacking in his skill and in his production. Um, and I think um, Cortland Sutton can really add some life to that offense and you know help Dak Prescott out. Yeah, I mean, I, receiver is one of the biggest needs for Dallas, in my opinion. Um, they signed Alan Hearns in the offseason, but I I think he's just a guy who can be at best your second receiver, maybe probably your third receiver. So uh, g- getting a guy in the first round would be, um, if, if they like uh, the receivers available at that spot, that's sh- certainly something that they have to entertain the thought of doing. Um, right. <clears throat> excuse me. I have a little bit of a... A little cold going on. My throat is is kind of messed up. I probably sound really bad. I I, I feel like I sound bad, but excuse me. Um, so twentieth pick, Detroit Lions. I have them taking Roquan Smith. I know last year they took uh, Jared Davis from Florida. He's an inside linebacker, but R- Roquan Smith at this point, I feel like he's too talented of a player to pass up. You need two inside linebackers. Detroit needs help in the front seven, and I think he's the best front seven player available. He won the Buckus Award last year. He, he he really thrives off of having just great instincts, knowing where to go, seeing the play a little bit before everybody else, and getting there uh, and, and making the play. He was the you know he was the leader of Georgia's team last year. It felt like, and I think he is going to be a, re- a really good player in the NFL. He's my favorite uh, inside linebacker, probably my favorite linebacker overall in this class. So I'm going with Roquan Smith to the Lions at number twenty. Uh, 21, I have the Cincinnati Bengals taking Mike Hughes, who is a uh, defensive back from Central Florida. Central Florida had a really good defense last year. Uh, they went undefeated, obviously, as we saw, claim themselves national champions. <laughs> besides the point, um, but the uh, the Bengals are in need of a, uh, a quick uh, nickel quarterback, and they just need that that, uh, that guy that they can have on their defense that can fly around to the ball and just and smack some people around, and I think Mike Hughes will fit that spot perfectly. Yeah, I think he- uh, like that you said, he can smack some people around. He's a really physical guy, and he and he showed that at the combine. He's, right. he's really strong. That's his. That's his. You know, not to not trying to make a pun. That's his biggest strength is his physical strength. So right. I, I do like Hughes as well. Uh, so twenty two is Buffalo's second first round pick, and I have them taking Connor Williams, the uh, left tackle, well, offensive tackle from Texas. He was injured much of last season, but his. His upside is really high. He, he's battled injuries throughout his career at Texas, but when he was on the field, he was – I mean, he looked the part of a, a, a top NFL draft pick. Um, he, he probably slid a little bit due to that injury. I think if he would have played a full season uh, 100% healthy, he probably is a top 10 pick, uh, but that's not the case here. Buffalo traded away Cordy Glenn as part of uh, – to the um, – oh, help me out here. To the Browns, correct? Uh, yes. And so they, you know, they need they need help on the offensive line. They need help a lot of places, but I think this is a guy who, if you if you hit on Connor Williams, he could be your left tackle for the next ten years, um, given that he stays healthy. So this could be this is kind of a boomer bust pick in my opinion, um, but I that, that's that's where I have the, the Bills going at twenty two. I think it's a I think it's a good pick. Uh, twenty three. Uh, recently, the 
Rams traded with the New England Patriots. We'll talk about that later. Yes, we will. So the Patriots, Patriots are at 23. I have them taking Rashawn Evans, linebacker from Alabama. Um, Bill Belichick really likes these uh, versatile defenders. Uh, he likes them more in the secondary where he can switch them more between cornerback and safety. But I think um, Rashawn Evans is a good pick at linebacker. They need a uh, – obviously we saw the Eagles run all over them and they can get a hand on Nick Foles. And so mm. if they can get somebody to uh, – to help out that defensive line, I think that'd be great. Yeah, and they need help really all over the front seven. I, yes, they do. I, I like Evans a lot, not quite as much as Roquan Smith, um, another SEC inside linebacker. But I think Evans is going to be—he he could be a really good player. He's just, you know, he's—he's he's that typical Alabama linebacker who just flies around destroying people. It's like I feel like every year Alabama has a linebacker that's number thirty-two that just kills dudes everywhere. I don't know why. I, if that could be totally wrong, but this year I noticed <laughs> Evans a lot and. He, I mean, he's a really good player. In New England, like I said, in the Super Bowl, I think it really showed their front seven just lacked depth and talent. I mean, they have right. one or two guys that are that are pretty good, but other than that, it was pretty bare. And I know they have Dante Hightower, but he's getting up there in age, and he struggles to stay on the field. So I think going the direction of Rashawn Evans could really help them out right now and for the future. Uh, so 24 is the Carolina Panthers. I have them taking a, an offensive tackle. Like I had Buffalo taking, uh, going with Mike McGlinchey, uh, offensive tackle from Notre Dame. The Panthers signed uh, Matt Khalil last offseason. Being a Vikings fan, I know how terrible he is uh, at left tackle. He is basically just uh, a, a revolving door, um, and they signed him to way too much money. It's just a really bad, really bad deal for them. But just because they did that, that does not mean that they have to ignore a need which is at on the offensive line is specifically at tackle you got to protect cam newton i know he's big and he can take hits but you don't want him to have to to have to show that he can take hits mcglinchy get pro- probably a right tackle um maybe he can move to left tackle eventually but at least right now he's probably projected as a right tackle so um that that's where i have carolina going 24 uh 25 the tennessee titans i have them taking Taven bryan He's a uh, defensive lineman from Florida. Uh, I think the uh, Titans are just, uh, I think they're real close to taking that step to the next level. And um, they're shoring up that defense with the addition of Malcolm Butler. And I think they their next thing to be should be to look at the defensive line. And I think um, Taven Bryan is a, is a great pick right there at 25. Yeah, he's a, he's a really good athlete. He, he did very well at the Combine. And... He's he's one of those interior defensive linemen that he, he's going to make his money rushing the passer. He has to improve his run defense a little bit, but he he could be a really good uh, pass rushing defensive tackle uh, if he pans out. So number right. tw- number twenty six is the Atlanta Falcons. I will just say before I I tell my pick, I'll be shocked if this guy is available at twenty six. But it just so happened that the way that we were doing this mock draft going back and forth, he fell here. So. And if it happens to fit a need for Atlanta as well as just being an extremely great value pick, I have them going with Vitavia. Vitavia, I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, he's a deep t- defensive tackle from Washington. Enormous. He's 350 pounds, but dude, he can move. I want to say he, I want to say he ran under a five flat at the combine. Um, he, he's he's a, he's just. I almost said stud. I almost said stud. I almost said I almost said it. It just flows. Yeah, they, the Falcons need help on the defensive line. If this was if this pick was available to them, they better pull the trigger as fast as possible. I think this would be a great steal this late in the first round. I really like Vita Vea a lot, um, so I think this would be a really, really, really good pick for Atlanta if this was uh, if this was possible for them. 
I agree. He's a he's a big, strong defender, and that's that that's that never goes without use in the NFL. Um, at twenty seven, we have the New Orleans Saints. I have them taking Harold Landry, uh, defensive end from Boston College. Uh, the Saints are have an okay defense. Uh, they need um, they they are uh, lacking in non defensive line specifically. I think. Earlier this this year, this maybe this past off season, Sean Payton mentioned that their pass rush is an area of concern, um, and I think that Harold Landry is definitely could shore that up. He's a he's a strong defender and he can move. All right, um, next pick is number twenty eight, Pittsburgh Steelers. I have them going with Leighton Vander Esch, the inside linebacker from Boise State. Now the situation with Pittsburgh, you know, it's obviously nobody. Nobody wants this to be the case with Ryan Shazier, his injury last year. You know, he, right. he, he, it's really not a matter of when he, when can he come back. That's really not the, the what people are focused on. That's that's extremely secondary to him just being okay um, in general. Right. Yeah, but sure. you know, looking at it from from a football perspective, you, you know, they have to fill that need and they have to fill the need of, of at linebacker in general, but especially on the inside there with Shazier. Uh, having that extremely unfortunate injury, Vanderish he ha- he shows great range. He's got he's got size, athleticism, all that stuff. Um, you know he's right up there with Rashawn Evans, I think. Uh, maybe like a tier, just barely a tier right below Roquan. So I, I think the the Steelers could, if if he's still available, uh, or if maybe he gets picked and Evans is still available, they could go with him. But I think they 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 could do well taking one of those uh, one of those two inside guys. I agree. I think, um, you know, obviously, like you said, it's tough to have to draft a replacement for someone that got such a tragic injury. But, I mean, it's, it's an area of concern, no doubt. Um, at 29, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I have them taking DJ Chark, wide receiver from uh, Louisiana State. Um, I don't know why I just called it Louisiana State. People never, people never call it that. Wide receiver from LSU. Um, the Jaguars uh, obviously have a really good defense, as we saw. Their secondary is, is amazing. Um their front seven could be a little bit better, um, but I think that now that they have Austin Safiri and Jenkins at the tight end position, I think that will give them opportunity to take a, a, a number one wide receiver. And DJ Chark is fast, he's physical, and he's tall, and he can and he can really stretch the field. And I think that'd be a great pick for the Jaguars at twenty nine. He is really fast. Didn't he run like a, a four three four? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he he can really fly. Uh, so I get the honor of selecting for my favorite team, number thirty, the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> You know the uh, the Vikings are similar to your favorite team, uh, the the Eagles, which we will get to in, in a couple picks. In the in the sense that I mean, they really don't have that many holes. They're they're I think the the honestly I think the Vikings and Eagles have the top two ro- overall rosters in the NFL uh, w- with few holes. Really, I think that allows them the the opportunity to just go best available, uh, and because they don't really have pressing needs. Uh, the biggest need for Minnesota is along the offensive line. Still, it was improved last year, but it, it could it could use just more depth, injection of youth. So I have them going the route of offensive line, going with uh, James Daniels. He's a center from Iowa. He's a, I think he's an outstanding center prospect. And the Vikings they drafted a, a center last year, Pat Elfline. But if they take James Daniels, he can plug in at center, which will allow Elfline to slide over to guard, where he's probably better at anyway. He he. Broke his ankle last year, I should mention, uh, Pat Elfline, that is. 
but he, he's expected to come back fully healthy. He can slide over to guard. They can help solidify the, the Vikings up front even more. And he's he's only 20 years old. Daniels, that is. Elfline's 23. Um, Daniels is... I just sorry, I'm getting confused now. Daniels is 20. Elfine is 23. There's your injection of youth, talent. Those guys can play next to each other for the next seven, eight years, hopefully. So I have the Vikings going James Daniels at number 30. I think that's a good pick, uh, especially I didn't realize that's I didn't realize Daniels is so young. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, 31. I actually am pretty happy to be picking the Pats at this spot because if I were picking the Eagles, that means they would have lost the Super Bowl. But good point. Good point. That's a point. So I'm, I'm happy to announce that at 31, the New England Patriots are taking Lorenzo Carter, defensive end from Georgia. Um, and I think if they can land, um, where is it? If they can land Rashawn Evans, like I said earlier, and Lorenzo Carter, uh, that front seven will take will have a will take a tremendous step forward. As we yeah. said, er, as we spoke about earlier, yeah. they were really lacking in that area, and it, it, I mean, they can only do so much with Tom Brady and Gronk. And they have to have a defense to back them up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we, the same points can be made uh, for this pick that we made for the Evans pick. Front seven help. If they can get two guys in the first round that can come in right away and help the front seven, that that's tremendous for them, I, I feel. Um, so the last pick of our first round, your Philadelphia Eagles, I get the honor of picking for them. <laughs> As I just mentioned, it's hard to pick for them because they don't really ha- they don't have any needs. So you just get to pick best available. You know, I guess they could use some help at receiver. Uh, I-, I don't like any of the receivers left at this point enough to pick them in the first round. Uh, they can maybe hit- use a corner or safety. Uh, I I don't know. I- it's just really you kind of flip a coin. You kind of just pick who you like. Flip a coin on it. I, I was close to going with Darius guys here. Um, just because I think he's a really good running back prospect. And if he slides out of the first round, somebody's going to get a, a steal in the second round. But I ended up going with Malik Jefferson, inside linebacker from Texas. There's been talks of um, uh, Kendricks being traded. You know, that that's I guess if you had to pick a, an area where they're a little bit thin on defense or on their whole roster, I guess it would be at that linebacker spot. Uh, Jefferson's a tremendous athlete. He kind of had an up-and-down career at Texas. He was a highly touted recruit. Now he's looking like he's going to be a first or second round pick, so he he, he has that potential and that upside. Will it will it turn out to be you know what it could be? I don't know, I, but I do think that if he went to a situation like Philadelphia, that can only help him because he's playing around a, a bunch of talented guys. He's playing um, behind a defensive line that's probably the best defensive line in the NFL, maybe the Rams, which we will talk about here in, in a little bit. Um, but. I, I think Jefferson, he's a, he's an upside pick in a way, but um, what, what would you feel about them going with uh, Malik Jefferson from Texas? I would be completely fine with that. I think he's a great player. I think he's physical, and I think he's he's quick. Um, I think I think it'd be smart because um, Jordan Hicks, who's also from Texas, uh, has been injured each of the last few seasons that he's played in. And he's such a good player, and he's our defensive captain, and he's making all the calls and stuff, but he can't stay healthy. And so yeah. if that continues to be a problem, then we can just stick Jefferson right in there or even just put Nigel Bradham in in uh, Hicks' spot and move over uh, Malik Jefferson. So it's really – I'm fine with wherever we put him, mm-hmm. and I think, I think it's a good pick. Yeah. So that wraps up our first round. Um this is Phil in the Gap podcast. Will Philbrick is joining me, and we did not say stud one time. Good job. High five. So let's 
move on to just some NFL news storylines that have happened. We haven't really covered, you know, big big moves in the NFL in a couple weeks here. So first thing I wanted to touch on was all these Odell Beckham Jr. rumors. You know, he was part of heavy trade talks. It came out today uh, or yesterday that he that the Giants don't intend to trade him. So it looks like it's probably not going to happen. But I still wanted to talk about it a little bit because it's 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 a it's a situation that's not going to go away. It's gonna it's gonna remain through the season because he's due for a contract. He's extremely high profile player. He's an extremely good player, uh, and the Giants are a, a high profile team. So first, I just wanted to. I mean, I kind of kind of just answered my first question. Do do you think that they will trade him? It's looking like they're not going to. Um, it would be a surprise at this point if they did. But do you think they should trade him? Uh, no, I do not think they should trade him. I think they'd be crazy to trade him. They they are lacking on offense it's so much. They have a they have a pretty good receiving core, but I mean, who who else is old Eli Manning going to throw it to? Sterling Shepard is Sterling Shepard going to be your new number one wide receiver? Mm-hmm. I mean, like you can't. I, you'd, be, you'd be crazy to trade such a insane talent. I, I agree, actually. I said no, they shouldn't trade him. Um, you know, if they got offered some ridiculously big deal, at minimum, at minimum, two first-round picks is the only way I would even entertain it. And even then, man, it's it's tough because he's such a good player. You know, he he comes with a lot of baggage. He does a lot of stupid stuff. People don't. A lot of people don't like him. But there's no denying how good he is. He's one of the four or five best receivers in the NFL, if not sure. higher. He really, I mean, he, he's on track to be one of the better receivers that we've ever seen. Um, yes. And, you know, that that's just not something that you can replace. And I understand the argument of, you know, well, he's going to be due a huge deal and they don't want to pay a receiver that much. But here's the deal. The the popular trend that is working for a lot of teams in the, in the NFL these days is – Having a quarterback on a rookie deal, which allows you to pay the rest of your roster more than you normally would, because most te- a lot of teams, you know, if they have that good quarterback, they're paying him a lot of money, which which handcuffs them as far as you know paying the other the other guys on their roster. Right. But if you look at like the Eagles, they had Carson, they have Carson Wentz on a rookie deal. They're able to go pay all these guys to fill out the roster. The yep. um, the Vikings have been that way. They haven't had one guy, but you know they had Teddy on a rookie deal. They had Sam Bradford on a on a, a smaller deal. They had Case Keenum making two million last year. They're able to build up these, and they did it a little bit through the draft, as did the Eagles too. But the Eagles can go get a guy like Alshon Jeffrey. They can give Fletcher Cox all that money. The Chiefs are obviously doing that. They're paying Sammy Watkins a bunch of money because they have that that quarterback on a rookie deal. Um, the the um, who was the other team? Oh, even the Bears, in a way, they're signing Allen Robinson. They're signing guys because they have that that ability due to their quarterback, who normally makes a ton of money being on a rookie deal. So if the, if I'm the Giants, I'm taking a quarterback at number two that I think is going to be my quarterback for the future. And then I'm paying Odell Beckham because I can because my quarterback's on a rookie deal. It, it, it That just makes sense to me because that's the way that successful teams are doing it. Even the Patriots, I understand Tom Brady's far from a rookie. But he, he, he takes a huge pay cut based on what he could be making, and that allows them to you know, help the rest of their roster and build up their team around him and remain successful. So, And I, on the other team that I meant to, meant to bring up, the Seahawks. 
when they were doing the Legion of Boom dynasty stuff, Russell Wilson was on a rookie contract, and they were paying all those guys a bunch of money to keep him around. They they brought in Percy Harvin randomly. They signed Cliff Averill, guys like that. So right. I think that's the way that the Giants should go with Odell and, you know, pay him. He's he's extremely good. He's a potential right. – he's a future Hall of Fame receiver probably. Right. You know, he's one of those guys that you you build your offense around him. He's one of those guys that he you let him be the anchor on that receiving core, and you you can't just trade someone like Odell Beckham Jr. That is so bizarre to me that they're even open to any offers. And, and it really, I think it comes down to there. He butts heads so much with them and with everybody, yeah. and I understand that aspect. That's definitely something that you have to take into account, but. Sure. If if there's any way that you can handle it and rein him in just enough, I, I think I think you have to go for it. But we'll, we'll 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 come back to Odell here in a little bit. But I wanted to move on to the Rams. They're the most interesting team this offseason to me by far. The moves they are making are just huge. I don't know that I've ever seen a team make this many big moves in an offseason. They are they're clearly telling everybody, hey, we're we're trying to go for it right right, right now, literally right now, get, yeah. like 2018 season. Um, yeah. So. So far, well, not so far. I don't think they're probably going to do any, any more trading. They've traded for Akib Talib, Marcus Peters, right. and Brandon Cooks. They've signed Indomitian Sue, and they've traded away uh, Robert Quinn and Alec Ogletree, as well as not re-signing Sammy Watkins. That is a that's a lot of big big time names coming and going. I think they right. definitely got better. Um, wh- what what are your feelings on the on the Rams moves this off season? Uh, I mean, like you said earlier, they are loading up on defense, and it's it's a scary defense. And as an Eagles fan, it worries me because last season they touted themselves as this team that was gonna that was gonna make a run in the NFC and was gonna dominate the NFC for the next however many years. And then they lost the first round of the playoffs at home, and no one was really scared of them. Now people have a have a reason to be scared. They have a reason to look across the line and see all these and see Indomitian Sue and all these other names. And it's it's crazy. It's crazy to think how much they've done in this offseason. It, it definitely is. Before we get to Sue, I want to talk about the Brandon Cooks trade. Okay. So <clears throat> Brandon Cooks and the Patriots traded Brandon Cooks and a fourth-round pick to the Rams for a first-round oh, pick first and a sixth-round sixth pick. So – well, I guess I'll ask you what what are your, what are your thoughts quickly on the on the on the Cooks trade for for the Rams I guess I was I was see, I was surprised to see the Pats give him give him away um, it makes me wonder if there were some locker rooms excuse me locker room problems with Brandon Cooks which I I've never heard of anything like that with him but the Pats are losing now Malcolm Butler Danny Amendola Nate Solder Dion Lewis and Brandon Cooks. I don't know. I, I, I was I was so shocked to see the the Pats trade him, but it, it is a crazy good trade for L.A. Really? He, yeah, yeah, I think so. He's a crazy. He's a, he's a young receiver who's I mean pretty cheap for about two point one million a year. No, no. Uh, what are you talking about? For, are you serious? Well, well no. The the two point one. Where are you getting that? Because he, he makes. Uh, I mean, he's on his he's on his rookie deal, isn't he? But he's 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 on the fifth year, which is an option year. He's he's the Rams are going to pay him eight point five this year. Okay, well, even so, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I I'm not saying you should. Cha- I'm not saying you should change your mind. Eight point five million. If you like Cooks a lot, eight point five million is a fine number. I, I don't, right. don't get me wrong. Uh, anyways, he does not have a lot of miles on him. He's consistent, and 
he's going to join a, a pretty stacked receiving core with Cooper Cup and Farrah Cooper and Robert Woods and yeah. Tavon Austin. So we're going to disagree here. Um, okay. You know, <clears throat> it's not that I hate the trade for the Rams. I just don't love the Cooks trade. Um, I, I would rather have him than Sammy Watkins, I think. I think. Um, but Really? <sighs> Say, the, the, the problem with Sammy... You just can't trust that he's going to stay healthy, and I know he was healthy most of last season, but where he was just he just wasn't what I wanted him to be, and that doesn't mean he's always going to be that way. But I, I don't know. I think you could you could kind of flip a coin. Okay, here's the deal. I would rather have Brandon Cooks at the price he is than Sammy Watkins at the price the Chiefs are paying him. There's no doubt about that. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so anyway, I think Cooks is a fine player. I just don't think he's a top ten. Maybe even top. He's a fringe top fifteen wide receiver to me, and you're and they're giving up a first round pick for him, and when he's in his last year of the contract, so that means that they have to re-sign him, which he will cost a lot of money when he's a free agent after this season. And if they don't re-sign him, that means they gave up a first round pick for one year of Brandon Cooks, which that makes no sense at all. Um, you know. I think he's, as I said, I think he's a fine player, but he's played with Drew Brees in a dome, where his home, where his home away splits were were extremely in favor of of home games, and then he played with Tom Brady, where he some games he really wouldn't do much, some games he would look like Brandon Cooks. I know he got knocked out by Malcolm Jenkins in that Super Bowl, but <laughs> it, it's just the the fact that they're trading away a first round pick for him. Are you going to get a, a player at number 23 that's as good as Brandon Cooks? I mean, it, it's actually probably unlikely, um, but I feel like they could have used help in other areas more than wide receiver, but that goes back to them. They're going for it right now. Like, they're going for it. They're, they're, they're taking advantage of their quarterback being on a, rookie, on a rookie deal and filling up the roster around him. From the Patriots' point of view... I think it's a great trade for them. And I think it's a great trade. I feel like I'm allowed to say it's a great trade for the Patriots. And I don't have to say, therefore, it's a terrible trade for the Rams. I feel like it can just be okay for the Rams and great for the Patriots. Do you think so? I agree. That's fair. So the the, the Patriots, to me, it's just another savvy Patriots salary cap move. So the, they traded a first-rounder for Cooks last offseason to the Saints. Um, he was on his fourth year of his, of his rookie deal, so they only paid him $1.5 million last year, which was – that was the 78th biggest cap hit of wide receivers last year. Not of all players, of just wide receivers, 78th. If we went through the list, we could come up with probably 50 guys that we would laugh at that they were a bigger cap hit than, than Brandon Cooks. Anyway, Definitely. so they only paid him one point five. They did trade a first-round pick. But now they've traded him again. They've traded him to somebody else for a higher pick than they traded to get him. So they now they have two first round picks this year, and he's going to make eight point five million this year. So they were going to have to pay him eight point five million. But instead, they just said, you know what? We got him for a first round pick last year. Let's trade him for a better first round pick this year. Save seven million dollars because we only paid him a million and a half last year, and we'll just figure it out. I, I, I do agree that there is an aspect of who are you going to throw the ball to if you're in New England? You know, you got Gronk, obviously, but 
I mean, you got to manage Gronk because he takes such hard hits. Amendola's gone on a horrible decision by the Dolphins, in my opinion, but he's gone. You do have Edelman coming back, but he if he's your only wide receiver, that's that's scary. And I don't know what they're going to do because there's not really – it doesn't seem, seem like there's somebody that they can draft that's that can help them that much. Free agency is over. It, right. I'm interested to see how they're going to figure out their wide receiver position, but that's never stopped New England before – you know, team needs that they kind of put that secondary to smart moves. And I think this is a smart move because they're saving a lot of money on a guy that, you know, he that that they're getting more value than they gave up to get him, in my opinion. I think that's fair. I mean, I, I, that's also a fair point about how they're more concerned with the defense right now. And it's, and it's kind of the same way that you and I have talked about before with Lincoln Riley and this Sooners offense, totally unrelated, but just a connection about how like the offense isn't really our concern because we have someone that will take control of it. And it's the same situation with Tom Brady, New England. Yeah. Whatever, whoever's on the offense, Tom Brady is going to make it work. Mm-hmm. He can pull five of his Twitter followers onto the field and make them work. So as long, I agree that the Pats, as long as they're focused on their defense, I, I would, I would agree that this is a good trade for them. That's but good. I was surprised to see him go still. I was I was surprised at the trade. Yes, I, I, I was too. So real quickly, let's let's touch on Indomitian Sue signing one year deal, fourteen million dollars. Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald are playing next to each other. That is unbelievable. I mean, in my opinion, Aaron Donald is the best overall football player in the national in the NFL. I don't know why I was about to say the, in the National Football League, like it's like some pers- <laughs> like extremely like I don't know, but Louisiana State. Yeah, I, I think he's the best overall player in the NFL. Um, but now they have two guy, two defensive tackles that are future Hall of Famers, possibly two of the best, two of the ten best defensive tackles to ever play next to each other. I can't wait to watch it. I'm scared of it because I'm a, a fan of an NFC team, but it's they're. That's unbelievable. Sue and Donald next to each other? It's like it's almost unheard of. It's like yeah. Reggie White and, and Jerome Brown, like levels of of talent on one side of the ball. Like I I I, I don't know how they're going to be stopped on the on the in, in, interior defensive line. Well, that Seahawks offensive line is definitely not going to stop. Oh them. my gosh. Russell Wilson might as well take the snap from the right tackle. He might as well take the snap, or he might as well take the snap like he's punting, like the deep yeah, snapper has to get punt the long too. Snapper in there. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know the the they, as we mentioned earlier, they traded away Alec Ogletree, so they have some linebacker needs. But getting yeah. a guy like Indomitian Sue that helps your linebackers. That keeps the because that I mean you you, you how are you going to double team two guys? How do you right. you can double team two guys? One of them is going to have a one on one matchup literally every play. <laughs> it, it's not. It's it's almost not fair. It like I, I, one of my buddies, um, Matt Brashear, who did the uh, MLB preview with us uh, last episode or two episodes right. ago. He's right. a he's a uh, Rams fan. He's everything St. Louis fan. So when they moved to LA, he stayed with them. And so me and him talk about NFL, especially Rams and uh, Rams moves all the time. And you know, I, it's like whenever it came out that Sue is interested in the Rams, it was like man. And I was like. That would be awesome. I feel like it would have to be a one-year deal, but man, if that happens, sure enough, it was a one-year deal, and it happened. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, it's I I do have concern over how they're going to continue to pay him after after this next year. They're not going to. You don't think so? No, that's why it's a one-year deal. They're going to have to. I mean, they're going to have to pay Donald 
And then in a few years, they're going to have to pay Gurley. And then in a year after that, they're going to have to yeah, pay I guess. golf. But I, it just, but the, it also, this, this move of signing Sue also has a hint of putting all your eggs in one basket. Because if you if you like go out and sign all these big names and bring in all these crazy like and like stack up this defense and then what what happens if Jared Goff gets hurt or what happens if Todd Gurley is out for the season and then you you can't put up any points and you you go eight and eight yeah but if the, if Jared Goff goes out for the season their season's over anyway uh, but then like and, and that's the thing but like then then all these one year deals that you did are are useless well yeah but. If you signed Indomitian Sue to a three-year deal and Jared Goff goes out for the season, I mean, the season's over anyway. Yeah, I guess. I mean... But, but I mean, like, if, you, if you're going to have all this talent on one team, why not try to make it consistent, you know? Why, I, like, take several shots at it over ten years instead of... Because there's a I, salary cap. Yeah, if, if I... If I uh, this is why I'm not an NFL GM. <laughs> But I mean, I understand what you're saying. It's just it, that's just the way the cap the cap works. Really, yeah. they're looking ahead, so they're saying, I, "I'm I'm not to not to you know, not to repeat myself too many times." They're thinking. I, I would imagine they're thinking we have this quarterback that's pretty good on a right. rookie deal, so he's not he's making dirt compared to quarterback quarterback money. So, as well as Tom Todd Gurley is still on a rookie deal. So they they have to pay Donald in a couple years. They're going to have to pay Gurley in a couple years. They're going to have to pay Golf in a couple years. So they're saying, you know, let's we got to go for it right now while we have all this cap space. And so they have the ability to go trade for Aqib Talib, who makes a lot of money. Then they go trade for Marcus Peters and Brandon Cooks. And while those are two big names, they're on. They're not. They're on, they're both still on rookie deals. As we mentioned, Cooks only making eight point five million for a, for a top fifteen wide receiver. That's a good. That's a really good deal. Uh, yeah. Peters still on his rookie deal for a cornerback with the with the the name of Marcus Peters. He's making very like he's making not much money, especially what you would right. think based on who he is. So they're similar to what I was talking about the Seahawks earlier. They're saying, you know, we have this ability to go pay these guys these big one-year deals to try to go win it right now. I, I love the move. I love these moves that the Rams are making. Besides, besides the Cooks deal, even though I don't, it's not a bad or like detrimental move. The other deals, though, I, I really like what the Rams are doing, and I feel like the NFC, the top four teams are established. You know, a lot of things happen. You know, it, it's far away from the season but in my opinion the eagles vikings rams and saints are the the teams to beat in the nfc and maybe the teams to beat in the nfl just based on you know the saints haven't really added much but they have a solid roster the vikings have added a lot the eagles are already awesome and they've added a lot and the rams yeah. were already good and they added a lot so i think right. those are the top 4 teams that you know they're all saying we're still going. We're going for it, and the Eagles' case is still going for it. Right. I, I think if all these pieces that the Rams are putting into place, I think if they all work, I think the Rams are going to be lethal. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, listening to Fill in the Gap podcast, Will Philbrick is joining me, the most frequent guest we have, the best guest we have. We are going to talk about a little bit more NFL news trades. So trades have been the 
you know, the biggest storyline to me in the NFL this offseason, it's becoming much more common to see NFL trades where it wasn't uh, it wasn't that way in years past uh, to me. But we talked about Odell Beckham Jr. earlier. He was he was the biggest biggest name involved in trade rumors. I wanted us to just just for fun kind of come up with an Odell Beckham trade that we not would necessarily would like to see, but could see if he were to be traded. So I've come up with a couple. Do you want to go ahead and give yours first? I think we have different ones. Yours is players, mine is draft picks. Do you want to go first or me? Um, I'll go first. Okay. All right. This one. This is the OBJ trade that we, that that we talked about earlier. This is the one. This is the one you want me to do. Yeah. All right. This one is this one's wild. This so is wild. This is, this is, this is pretty, pretty wild. wild. Robert Gronkowski. Bob. Bobby Gronkowski or Odell Beckham Jr. Straight up. Wow. Straight up. No money, no draft picks. No money. Straight up. No money? They're going to play for free? No money involved in the trade. (laughs) Just a a straight up player swap. Surely that would be the biggest trade in NFL history, just like the craziest trade in NFL history. Without a doubt. I mean, that is. I thought I told you to make it a realistic trade. That is realistic. Oh come on! I mean uh, the uh, the uh, I mean I guess the Giants don't really need a tight end, but if you have Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> they drafted Evan Ingram last year. They drafted Evan Ingram last year. Evan Ingram, Rob Gronkowski could beat the crap out of Evan Ingram. Gronk was talking about retiring. I guess Gronk gets because Gronk is on a team that has a two five ten white receivers. I love Gronk so much. He's so big and he's so good. And if he were on a team that had a good wide receiver core, he wouldn't get hit as much. Well, maybe. Like the Giants. Maybe. All right, well, I came up with some actually realistic OBJ trades. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll just go through them quickly. One, Odell Beckham to the 49ers for a first-round pick and two third-round picks. Uh, That would give the Giants picks 2, 9, 34, 66, 69, nice, 70, nice. and 74. That gives the Giants a bunch of draft, a, a, lot, a lot of draft, a lot more draft picks than they already have to help complete the roster. Niners need wide receiver help. That would be extremely fun. I've already talked about on this pod how I'm kind of a closet Niners fan now because I love Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Um, so that would be awesome to see. Number two, the second one I came up with, Odell Beckham to the Colts for a first, a second, and a third. The Colts have a lot of picks, so that it, I know that sounds like they're giving away all like all three of their first picks, but they have a lot. So that would give they have three second round picks. So that would give the Giants two, six, thirty four, thirty six, sixty six, sixty seven, and sixty nine. Nice. And then the last one I came up with, which absolutely has zero chance of happening, and this will make uh, Kyle Evans extremely mad. The he he joined me for the Masters Pod uh, in the last episode. Odell and a fourth rounder to the Cowboys for Lyle Collins, a first round pick and a fourth round pick. Wow, that would be actually very interesting. Well, that I, means that'd be, that'd it would be, be interesting, interesting because it would be interesting because it's Giants and Cowboys, which would never happen. But it, it yeah. would be interesting because it kind of makes sense. A little bit it does, but it's like it just sounds so. It just sounds like an elevated reality where something like that would happen. Could you imagine Odell Beckham and Des Bryant on the same team? 
Des Bryant would still find a reason to complain about something. Oh, yeah, it would be, who is this guy that's way better than me and taking all of my catches? They would get, they would get rid of Des Bryant if they traded for Odell Beckham Jr., <laughs> and I would too. Des, Des Bryant would just start packing as soon as he saw the news. Yeah, but the, the Giants need offensive line help. Lyle Collins, he potentially could be a tackle in the future, but if not, he can plug in right at guard. They'd also be getting a first-round pick. They'd be swapping fourth-round picks. Eh, think about it. Think about it, Giants. I'm just saying. So, Oh, man. Uh, in addition to our Odell Beckham trades that I tried to be realistic about and Will did not at all. I did too. I had the most, I had the best trade this pod will ever hear. Yeah, whatever. Um, I actually, <laughs> I wanted to go through some trade, maybe give a, a, a trade that we would like to see happen still that would benefit both teams or both players or what, or, or whatever. Uh, I've come up with three or I've come up with two, sorry. Um, I'll, I'll give one. I'll give my first one. Then you can go. Then I'll go. So the first okay. one that I have was the Seahawks send uh, Earl Thomas to the Packers for right tackle Brian Balaga and a fourth round pick, the 133rd overall pick. The Seahawks desperately need offensive line help. We just talked about how they should take they they should uh, have Russell Wilson take the snap from snap from the snap from the right from the right to right tackle when they play the Rams. Draft a long snapper. If Brian Belaga can snap the ball, that's perfect because he's a right tackle. Um, he, he's a really solid right tackle. He's on a pretty good deal, five and a half million dollars. That's really good for a, a good right tackle. Um, the Seahawks. They desperately need offensive line. I just mentioned that. The Packers also need they need help on defense everywhere. They need help on, in the secondary at safety. They have Ha Ha Clinton Dix, but Earl Thomas is one of the best safeties in the game. He's going to the Hall of Fame when he's when he retires. As a Vikings fan, that would scare me if the Packers did that. So I hope they don't do that. But that was my first one that I came up with. What was yours? Uh, mine was obviously a lot more realistic and possible than my OBJ one was. Thank, but, thankfully, um, yeah. Uh, it's Duke Johnson to the Colts for a fourth-round pick. Mm. Uh, Duke Johnson's super young. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of miles on him. I don't, I don't feel like he's been used a lot by the Browns for some reason. He's one of the best players on their team. He's a crazy good athlete. Um, doesn't cost a lot of money. Is still on his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. And the Colts are in desperate need of a running back and yes. to get that running game going. And he's also so versatile. He can be. He can. He can block. He can catch. And he can run with the ball. So I think that'd be good for both the Colts and the Browns. I know this is maybe a little bit unexpected just because Duke Johnson is not really a, a big name. I love Duke Johnson. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm legitimately a huge Duke Johnson fan. I, I had him on, on my fantasy team. I, I had him on my fantasy team all last and season. That is, I, that won, is why. I won the championship. Duke Johnson started every week for me. He catches so many passes. He's one of the best pass catching running backs in the NFL. In all seriousness, I, I like Duke Johnson a lot. If you put him on the Colts with with Andrew Luck, where as you mentioned, they need running back help. That would be an awesome trade for the Colts. They have a ton of picks. If they got him for a fourth, even a third-round pick, I think, that would be an awesome trade. I think that's a really, really good trade. Wherever you thought of that trade, that, that that's, that's a genius. Um, that one came right off the dome. Oh, really? Did it? That's that's Dang, you're a genius. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, so as we wrap up here, the last trade I had, if we went an entire pod with you on here without talking about the Eagles, that would just be extremely weird. Um, so... The, the the last trade I came up with was the Eagles trading Nick Foles to the Dolphins for a second and a sixth round pick. Um, 
I know they have Tannehill, but there's been so many rumors of them wanting to draft a quarterback. It doesn't seem like Adam Gase loves Tannehill. He's coming off the ACL, so he's got question marks regardless of how they feel about him. He's got question marks coming off the ACL. And even before that, you know, he showed signs of improvement, but he, he, he wasn't an established, an established guy. So the Eagles, you know, they have the extra quarterback, Nick Foles. I know that he's extremely nice to have as a security blanket, as we just saw last year. But if they could get an extra second-round pick, which would be the 42nd overall pick, then the throw-in pick, the sixth-round the sixth pick, second, 209th overall pick, would you be unhappy if that happened? I would. I would be. I would be devastated. I have one single tear rolling down my cheek just at having this conversation. Is that because you think it's a bad move football-wise, or because you just love Nick Foles so much because of what he just did? Either way, it's, it's understandable. It's 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 both, but I don't on on a uh, on a business side of it. I don't think it'd be smart for the Eagles to trade him. Uh, I think obviously we saw just this last season, the necessity of having a good backup quarterback. We never thought Carson Wentz would get hurt and Nick Foles stepped right up. And I don't, I don't think that it would be smart of us to trade that away, especially knowing how, how well we could utilize him and how well we can run our offense with him under center. Yeah. Well, this was a fun pod. This was a good pod. I agree. Thank you for joining. Will Philbrick was with us again, our most frequent guest, talking about some NFL stuff. We finished up our mock draft, talked about some storylines going on in the NFL, made up some fake trades, some realistic, some not. Um, um, but hey. either way, fun fun, uh, fun episode. Thank you for joining. Hope you guys enjoyed listening. This is Fill in the Gap Podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe to us. Search us in the search bar on iTunes, fill in the gap. It'll pop right up. Click subscribe, and you will be able to catch every episode. Don't forget to check us out Wednesday. Edward Ashoff of ESPN joining us to talk about some some college football with spring practice um, rolling around and you know all the big-time programs having their spring games coming up. We're going to talk to him about looking ahead at the 2018 college football season. Until then, thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoy. Ching, ching, ching,